This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Welcome everyone. We're very excited. I'd like to present to you one solid question. Okay? And I, I need your concentration over here. The beginning of the parasha, it speaks about where Yosef, Yaakov calls in Yosef, and he tells Yosef, Yosef, please, I have a request to ask you. And in his requests, he asks him the what? To bury him in his, in Israel, by Yamarat Abach in Hebron. Good. Later on, after that episode, Yosef brings in his children, Ephraim and Menasheh, and at that moment, Yaakov says, by the way, I want your children to be like, of course, like the Shevatim. That's how great they're going to be, and therefore they'll be part and parcel like the Shevatim, Ephraim and Menasheh. Then, you have Yaakov tells Yosef, oh, and by the way, if you're going to ask me, how come I didn't bury your mother? Who was Yosef's mother? Rachel. Says, you're going to ask me, how come I didn't bury your mom in Israel, in Hebron like me? So, 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 he, so he says, don't worry, as she explains over there, that what was a piyadibur, HaKadosh but who wanted it to be like that? Why? Because one day, one day, Bnei Yisrael are going to get kicked out of Israel. And when they come out of Galut, what they're going to do is, they're going to go to Rachel, Kever Rachel. And there's a very big segula to pray. Again, I have to make something very, very clear. When you go to any Kevarim, you never pray to the Kever. You know, Ben Shai says Abu Dazara. You can't pray to the Kevin. You can't say, "Oh, Rachel, please, uh, Rachel Emanu, please give me this, give me that." She's not God. Hashem is Hashem. It's a segula to pray at that place. You can say two things. One thing is you can say, "Bischut Rachel Emanu, Hashem, Bischut Rachel Emanu." In this holy place, answer me. I need this, that, 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 that. That's one way. The second way he says is, you can say. Rachel, please go up to Akadosh Baruch Hu and pray for me. Two ways. You got the two ways? First way is you pray to Hashem directly. You say, Hashem direct. Please answer me. Biskut Rachel Imenu. Biskut is Tzadik. Or you pray to Hashem and you could say, or you pray, you, you, you tell the Tzadik that you're at. Please, uh, Tzadik so and so, go to Hashem. And, and ask him so and so. But you can never pray to the tzaddik himself. Please, uh, why? Well, he's not, he's not God. He's not, he's Hashem, Hashem's Hashem. And now, the people are gonna stop at Kevrachel and pray to Hashem at Kevrachel. And being the fact that it's such a segula at Damakom, they'll get answered. So therefore, he tells Yosef, that's the reason why I didn't bury your mother in Marat, Marat Machpelah with me. Now, What's the obvious question on what I just said? That is, if you look, there's a big, big gap in between the time Yosef, Yaakov asks Yosef to bury him, then all the way till the, towards the end, it speaks about, oh, by the way, if you're going to ask me, how, I, you, I want to be buried in Israel. So you're going to ask me, how come you didn't bury my own mother, my own mother in Israel? That's what you're going to ask me, how come you didn't bury your mother, Rachel? Oh, that's because Hashem told me not to bury. There's a big uh, gap in between. Because the whole story of Menashe and Ephraim comes in the middle of all that. Why? What is it doing in there? You got the question? 
The question is, Yosef, Yaakov should have told Yosef right away, bury me in Israel, and if you're going to ask me, how come you, I, I didn't bury your mother, that's because Hashem said, I can't bury her, I have to bury her here in this spot. Right? It didn't do it like that. The Torah didn't say it like that. The Torah first said, Yaakov tells Yosef, by the way, bury me in Israel, then you have a whole separate 10, 12, 15 pesukim about Ephraim and Asher, how Yosef brings Ephraim and Asher, and then he says, oh, and by the way, going back to the original thing that I told you about burying me in Israel, the reason why I didn't bury your mother is because A, B, and C. That should be right after he asks him to bury. Correct, yes or no? Yes. You hear the question? Yes. I hope everybody got this question. I'm giving you the answer right now. Listen to this answer. This is from Shul Birnbaum. Shul Birnbaum answers the follows. He says, if you look clearly, if you look clearly, <laughs> the way Yaakov asks Yosef to bury, he says, Asita imadi chesed. Do a kindness to me. Now I have a question right here. Why is, Yosef, why is Yaakov asking Yosef, do a kindness with me and bury me in Israel? Do a kindness with me? And after he says, do kindness with me, Yosef says, yes. And what does Yaakov say to his father? Ya- Yaakov tells his son, Yosef, Yosef, swear to me that that's what you're going to do. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And, and, and Yosef swears. There's a very big question. If any father would have one last wish, before he goes, one last wish, and the son, first of all, would the son, would the son agree to it, yes or no? Would any son in the world agree to it? Yes. Of course. One last wish. He tells you before he's on his deathbed. He says, "Oh, please, son, this is my this is my last wish. What's your last wish? That anything you want, I'll take care of. What do you want? Whatever you want. Oh, take my body, bury me in Israel. Okay, no problem. But you, but but the whole situation is not like that. The whole situation first is what? First, he says, "Ask me a hesed. Do me a kindness. He doesn't have to do me a kindness. Just ask your son. By the way, do me this." And the second question is, if the Yosef says, okay, then he tells him, swear to me that you're going to do it. That, I said it's okay. Finished. I said I'm taking care of it. Finished. Why does he make Yosef swear? It doesn't make sense to me. Go, go swear. I told you that I'll do it. Everybody will first of all do what his father's will is. And second of all is, why is he making him swear? For what, 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 what reason is this? What, what, what's, need, what's it needed for? So to this I must, I must answer you. <laughs> Yaakov, when he got to Israel, when he got to, sorry, Egypt, when he got down to Egypt, you have to understand what it says. Richie, listen. It says that the famine stopped. And the people were like blessed. So the people in Egypt, they wanted Yaakov to stay in Egypt. Even if he's dead. Imagine, you have a big, the biggest, biggest rabbi. You know, it was a true story with one big rabbi. You should know that. You want to hear a crazy story? I'll tell you. I forgot the rabbi who it was, but it's a very, very, very big rabbi. And at that time, what happened was, as the rabbi was, uh, they asked him to, to, to come to a certain town. He says, no, I'm not feeling so good. I can't. No, 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 rabbi, we need you to come. We need you to come. And the rabbi was very old at the time. And he had to go. Whatever reason is, he went. And he died in that town where he was going to travel to speak. But he, he wanted to bury, bury his, the, the people in his hometown wanted him there. But the people that he was speaking to, like, oh, wait, we have the rabbi here. He's staying with us here. And it was a whole tumult where he's going to be buried. Everybody wants the biggest rabbi to be buried in their land. Wow, imagine. You have the, the biggest rabbi buried, buried in my country. Woo! Think, about, think about it. 
The whole Egypt, they find that Yaakov Avinu died. What, are they, what, what do you think they're going to do? Wait, wait, wait. He gave us a lot of Beracha. We want his body in, in Egypt. You're not taking him anyway. So Yaakov understood that. So he says, look, look, look. I know it's going to be a very, very, very hard situation to get out of Egypt. He knows that. Yaakov knows that. Yaakov knows that. So how can he get out? First thing, let me tell you a rule. Ahava mekalkelet et hashura. You know what that means? Abi, I can't see you. Either move, move closer, I can't see you. You follow seeing this. So move one more over. Ava mekalkelet et hashura. You know what that means, Richie? What does that mean? You know Hebrew. What does it mean? Ava means love when you love something so much, when you love something so much, you go beyond limits that you never even knew you even had. When you love something so much, when you have a guy going out with a girl, let's say, they're dating, and and, and it can be very tired. He can just get a text message. Oh, by the way, I'd be, I'll, I'll, I'll be so in the mood for, uh, for a Coke, let's say. Give me an example. All of a sudden, he's dead tired. He's in his pajama. All of a sudden, you see the guy. Oh, no problem. He goes with his car. He goes to the, to the, to the thing. And, and now he goes back home. Says, he sends a picture like an Uber thing. Like, like hey, God, is that. Sends a picture. By the way, go look out, outside your front door. There's a big bottle of Coke waiting for you. Wow. What happened over here? After marriage, if he's 10 years married, his wife says, Honey, could you get me coke? Oh, get yourself, listen on the thing, go to your fridge. What happened over here? You know what it is? Because the love is so great. Ava, the love? You do things that are beyond, are beyond uh, uh, natural. That's why one of the things to, to, to serve Hashem is to have extra love for Him. Because then you'll do things beyond the limits that you have to. Yeah, you're right, I have these mitzvot. But you love him so much that you think out of the box, wow, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Because when it comes to real love, when it comes to real love, you do things in your life that you never think that you could even do before. It's like that. If you are, if you are your best friend, give me another, another example. Your best, best friend. He's stranded. Two o'clock in the morning, he's stranded. He tells you, oh, listen, how you, how you doing? Where are you? Oh, I'm in, uh, I'm in Maryland, Maryland, Baltimore. Uh, it's three hour drive from New York, let's say. So I'm, I'm stranded in the middle of the city over here. I need your help ASAP. Please, I'm begging with all my heart. Are you kidding me? Of course. He gets, gets, gets thing. He loves his friends so much. He's his best. He's his boy from, from, from growing up. You know? I'll do anything for you. What do you need? I'll, I'll, I'll tell you an example. One of my, one of my best friends. One of my very, very good friends, one time he needed like a loan. He needed like a few thousand dollars. And I remember he gave me a call. He says, listen, I need this money tonight. I said, no problem. I didn't even think at the time. Like, no problem. I'm going to get you the money. Whatever you need, I got you. But why? You're not even thinking first. See if you have cash. See this, see that. It didn't make a difference to me. My friend needs it. It's done. It's done. Why? Because the relationship that you have is so great. The ahava, the love is so great where it automatically, it goes beyond limits of the, nat- of the natural being. You know, do you understand that? Do you understand that? A love for a son to his child. A father loves his son, correct? A son loves a father. 
the, the, the love that a, that a father has for his child, no matter what it is in life, it's an automatic where he does things beyond what he has to do. Why? Because it's so great. Look, I'll, t- I'll tell you an example. I'll never forget this example. Listen to what I'm telling you right now. One guy, I used, I used to teach, back in the day I used to teach a group of, a group of boys, not, not a group over here, and uh, one kid in the group, uh, I met his father one night on a Friday night. And he said, oh, Rabbi Palachi. I was like, yeah, how are you? He's like, my son loves you. Can I ask you a question? I said, sure. So how's my son doing in, 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 the, in, the, in the shiur, in the class? So I said, do you want to really know the truth? He was a young kid. He's a young guy. I was like, do you really want to know the truth? He says, of course. Okay, I said, the truth is, he comes in, he spaces out. This is what I told the father. He spaces out. He's not really into it. He's this, he's that. I told him straight, that, that was the truth. In my mind, I was thinking that he's going to go back to the son and say, listen, when you're in Palachi's class, you got to focus, you got this, I was telling the truth, so maybe he's going to tell his son. None of that. You know what I got? The guy, ever since then, he, he says hello, like from, from far, from far. And I'm thinking, what happened? I know what happened. You, 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 you slighted his son? The love of his son is so great that he can't handle it. Even though I was doing it for the benefit that when he knows, maybe he'll straighten out his son. But it didn't make a difference because Ava love goes beyond that. You said about my son, he spaces out. That's it. That already in his brain doesn't make a difference. After that, the, the, he loves his son so much, it's messed up. That's it. I don't, care. I don't care what you have to say anymore. I'm not interested. Why? Because Ava love mekalkelet et ashura. It messes up the, 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 the natural natural abilities. It messes up either good or bad. It can mess up good also. Good and bad. It, can, it doesn't make a difference. You just love the person so much. You know? My, my, you cannot tell me my son is wrong. You cannot tell me my daughter is wrong. That's impossible. I love them too much. You said I'm wrong. You, you said wrong. That's it. You, don't ever talk to me again. You ask. Let me give you that as an example. That's, that's the assault. And it goes vice versa as well. You love your husband, people. Wow, what you would do for a husband? Ah, she, 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 forget about it. It's anniversary one time. Wow, what, what she does? She cooks a whole entire seven course meal. I, I thought you know how to cook. I don't know how to cook. She said she'll admit I don't know how to cook. There was a there was a there was a lady. I'll never forget when I was growing up as a kid. I used to go to my friend's house. I'll never forget. Every uh, every night he would he would have dinner. From different restaurants. Monday was Chinese. Tuesday was pizza. Wednesday, I was like, "What's going on over here?" And I, I, like every night that I go, I was like, "What's going on?" He's like, "No, my mother doesn't cook." I was like, "What does that mean?" My mother doesn't know how to cook. I was like, "So what happens?" So my father orders in. We have Monday this, Sunday that, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I was like, "Whoa, what's going on? What do you do for Shabbat?" <laughs> I was like, "What do you do for Shabbat?" It's true, by the way. It's a true story. So no, no, no. My, Shabbat she cooks. Say so why? She loves Shabbat. Shabbat, she gets into it, she cooks it. Why? Ava. Ava make a kill the Shabbat. She loves what she wants to do. She loves to do. That's what she wants. That she'll do. Oh, Shabbat, I gotta cook all out. Full force. That's what it is. Now, Yaakov understood that. Yaakov knew that what did Yosef love? You know what he loved? He loved to do chesed, kindness. Should I tell you the proof? I'll tell you the proof. The proof is, 
when there was a famine in Egypt, who was giving out the food to the people? Who? Who was giving out the food? Answer me. Who was giving out the food to the people? Was the famine? Who? Who? You think that your Seth, that's a king, second in command, he's going to sit there and wait and give every single person bread? Does that make sense? That your Seth is going to do that? So what would he do? He'll, he'll, he'll have his entourage, and you guys give out the food. I'm not going to sit there, wait online, and give everybody food. But no. Guess what Yosef did? Yosef did that. Because Yosef loved Chesed so much that it says in Midrash, not only did he give the food, he wouldn't eat. He would fast all day, until until the last person got food. And when the last person got food, Midrash says, then he would eat. Because he loved doing kindness. Because he knew that he was going to be the only one that could do the job. Why was he the only one that could do the job? You know why? I'll tell you why. Let me tell you. Do you understand to have a position like that, you have to feel for the people. You know that? You have to feel for the people. I was at a soup kitchen once. You ever go to a soup kitchen? Simon, you ever been in a soup kitchen before? No, I'm talking about legit. You did? Yes or no? I went to a soup kitchen once. I'll never forget the experience that I had. The soup kitchen had hours. And the hour is closed. That's it. It's over. But the owner of the soup kitchen knew me. He says, Rabbi, you're going to stay here. The kitchen's closed, but you're going to say, I want, I want to show you some more things that I have in my facilities. So, okay, great. I go there. As I'm going, there's a lady knocking on the door. She wants to come in. She didn't eat, she didn't eat today. She was starving. And another lady that's there said, I'm sorry, we're closed. We, we have hours. We can't just keep on opening. So I'm like thinking, just let her in, you know, big deal. She opens up the door. There's no, there's no utensils, there's no forks, there's nothing. She takes her hands. And I saw my own eyes. She scoops out rice. And she's eating the rice from her hands. And she does it again. And she does it again until... And I'm thinking to myself, what's going on? She's looking at me that I'm looking at her. I was like, I'm not looking at her. And I turned my face around. I was just like, what? But then I understood... You don't know what it is when a person doesn't eat all day. And the first time they have food, they go crazy. They don't have any food. Yosef, when he meets his brothers, he says to his brothers, don't worry, you didn't do anything wrong. Because God put me in this position in order what? To feed the people. But what about the 12 years that he was in jail? Why didn't he tell him 12 years, I'm in jail? You know why? Because those 12 years when he was in jail, what do you, th- what do you think jail was back then in Egypt? You think they had anything close to what the jails are now? Never. But Yosef saw how people with no food in jail, how they would go crazy, I need food, I need food, I need food. So after 12 years, he built a sensitivity that when he became the leader, he said, nobody's giving out the food. You know why? Because I'll tell you what's going to happen. What's going to happen is they're going to be waiting online. 
And everybody's going to be pushing, I want food and I want food. And the guy who's in charge of giving the food will be like, you two that fought, out of here. But Yosef says, no, I'm going to be in charge. And when I see two people fighting, I'll understand, I'll calm them down. So you both are going to get, but patience, but you'll both get, I won't kick them out. Nobody can do that except Yosef. And the only way Yosef was able to learn those lessons was because when he went to jail, he saw what was going on. He saw how crazy it was. That made him be a leader. When he came out of jail, he understood what it is to be, uh, to be starving. And therefore, when he went to, to feed the people, he said, nobody's going to do this job because nobody can do this job. Because if I tell you, go feed the people, you won't know how. Because you'll see two people fighting, you just kick them off the line. But you don't realize where they're coming from. You don't realize their mentality, where they're brought up, where they don't have any food. You don't know what it is. And therefore, Yosef himself loved Chesed so much that he said, nobody's taking this job. I'm doing it myself. I'll give out every porcel of piece of bread myself. Yaakov knew that. And Yaakov says, you built in yourself a character trait of kindness. That means you love chesed so much that if I don't, I'm not going to ask you to bury me. No. I'm going to ask you to do chesed. You know what the chesed is? Bury me in Israel. But when I go in the form and I say, I'm doing, you're doing me chesed, so Yosef's brain automatically clicks, chesed? I'm a lover of chesed. No problem, whatever it is, I'll do it. So now Yaakov says, you're agreeing to do chesed? Yes! That means Yosef, since you love it so much, no matter what, nothing's gonna stop you. Even if Paro is gonna stop you, you're gonna be able to fight back. But that wasn't enough. Because Yaakov says, it still might be too difficult. So therefore what I want you to do, I want you to swear. I want you to swear. You know what that does when a person makes a swear? There's a Gemara that says a pasuk, Nishbati which means sometimes when a person swears, when a person makes a promise, it makes him feel more obligated to do the mitzvah. I'll give you an example. You can't wake up in the morning. You know what you say? You say, tomorrow morning, if I don't wake up, this is what you say. I'm going to wake up to Minyan. If I don't, I'm giving a hundred dollars to tzedakah. <laughs> you say neder, hundred dollars to tzedakah. Which which tzedakah? It's tzedakah that you don't want to give to. You know what I said? It's tzedakah that you don't want to give to. Then you say, Rabbi, which tzedakah you don't want to give to? It's tzedakah that you don't want to give to. You understand what I'm trying to say? And like that, oh, it's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt you. Miller gives an example. Let's say, for example, a guy, Satma. He likes to give Satma. He likes, he's a Satma. He likes to give Satma. What's that? Satma is a Hasidish a, a, a sect. Satma. You never heard of Satma? One of the biggest Hasidim in the, in the thing. Come on. Satma. So he says, imagine Satma. He says, no, I'm going to give to uh, Syrian. Satma. <laughs> I want to give to my, 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 uh, my thing. Syrian. Yeah, don't come to Minyan tomorrow, that's what it is. It'll force you to what? To get, get, get better. 
And that's what exactly what Yosef, what Yaakov is doing. He wants him to do chesed, which means that Yosef, since you love doing that, it'll make you go wild and figure out a way to get you out. And he wants also to make a swear. So now you can't break your promise. You can't break your swear. Because now I forfeited. Otherwise, if I don't make you swear, we know what's going to happen. Yosef is going to start going, going, going. He's going to be stopped. Oh, that I tried. What should I do? I tried my best. What should I do? No, no, no. Swear to me. When I left Mikdash, I'll never forget. I left Mikdash. <laughs> and at, before I left, I had a few things that I didn't, that, that I, it was very hard for me to leave behind. What I mean is jobs. My jobs were to put a halakha every day on the board. And I started a new thing. It was Shmirat Halashon Halakha. I still have the notes. Kadash, you can have it after. I still have the notes. Every day, we would put two alachot on the board. So a guy's getting a coffee, and the alachot were there. I'll never forget. So I needed, I wanted it to continue. So I took one of the boys that were, that were, that was gonna stay the next year. I was leaving, I, like, if you give a call, I graduated, I was there for, for two, three years. And I took him, I said, listen, I chose you, I told him, I'm choosing you. Don't mess around. Don't mess around. This is, we're continuing the lineage. And I said, listen, I'm giving you this. It's an honor. I need you to shake my hand. I said, this is a shit. He said, no, I told you I'm doing it. No, 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 don't, don't tell me to do it. With this handcake is like a shivuah. You're going to make sure you're going to do it every day. Make sure you put it. You can miss a day, okay, I understand. But otherwise you put it up. And I told him, before you leave Mikdash, you have to appoint another guy. And that's what happened. His name was Rahami Mizrahi. He's in BMG now. He's in BMB. He's living living in Lakewood now. But I remember I told Raymond Mizrahi, I said, "You're going to be in charge, and after you, you have to." And, and what I do, I took. He's like, "Why are you making the whole thing? I told you I'll do it." No, no, no. Don't don't tell me you'll do it. Because if something wants to get done, strong handshake. You gave me a word. I made him write it down on a piece of paper. I'll make sure that this will be done. Why? To make it strengthen. Now, Yaakov has both of those. Yaakov has chesed now. He tells Yosef, do me a chesed. So the love will make sure that you'll do the chesed. Because you love chesed so much, you'll actually go ahead and go wild to do it. And two, you have a shivuah to do it. But we're not done. You know what? You know what's going through Yosef's mind right now? Nah, he said, I'll do it. But how come my mother, you want me to do it, right? But how come my mother, you didn't bury her in the Maral Ma'apela. What happened over there? How come you didn't bury my mom in the Marat Ma'apela? Makes sense or no? Good question or no? Good question. Good question. And what, what is Yaakov going to answer? Whatever Yaakov is going to answer, Yosef has a question. You're telling me that uh, chesed, and I love doing chesed, and the love will, will make you do something beyond nature. So if you're telling me the love will make you do, do, do something beyond nature, how come you didn't bury my mother in Marat Machpelah? How come? You love, you, you, if you really love my mother so much, you would have done anything for my mother. So how come you didn't bury her in Marat Machpelah? That's what Rashi says. If you look at the Rashi, he says, I, he tells, he tells Yosef, what does he say? Listen to this Rashi, amazing Rashi. He says like this, he says, what? I, I know you, Yosef, what you're thinking. Right? And what does he say? He says, I know that what? That you might have something on me saying that I should have buried your mother. But listen to this. 
Listen to this. He tells him back, before I tell you all this about your mother, Yosef brings in his children. And he says to his children in front of Yosef, your children are going to be like my children. Your children are going to be part of the Shevatim like my own children. That means my grandkids right now are like physically like my kids. And he's specifically telling Yosef that. He didn't tell any of the brothers that. He specifically told Yosef that. You know why? Because he's telling Yosef, Yosef, I had you from your mother Rachel. You know how much I love Rachel? I love Rachel so much that what? That her grandchildren, which is your children, are like my children. That's how much I loved her. So therefore, don't have any claim against me and say, how come I didn't go bury her in Barat Machpelah? Because guess what? I love her so much that her grandchildren are like my children. That's why Yosef had to wait. I mean, that's why, sorry, that's why Yaakov had to wait. And Yaakov didn't tell anything about Rachel until after Yosef brought his own children and showed Yosef, look how much I love Rachel. I love her so much, I'm willing to make her grandchildren like my children as Shevatim. And therefore he says, now I can tell you, the reason why I didn't bury Rachel is not because I didn't love her. I loved her so much and the proof is I'm making your children like the Shevatim. The reason why I didn't bury her in Marat Machpelah was because Hashem told me specifically. You hear the whole Cheshbon over here? Tonight we did a big Cheshbon. Tonight we did a Cheshbon that a person is Rashmon Bremer brings it down in his Zef and Bukhari Shemo. It's a Cheshbon because at the end of the day, if you look at the Psukim, it's very, very hard to make sense to it. First, it starts off with Yaakov telling Yosef, bury me in Israel. Then you have a whole section about Menashe and Ephraim. What does that have to do with anything? And then after that, Yaakov says, Oh, and by the way, if you're going to ask me, how come I didn't bury Rachel in Israel? I'll tell you because Hashem told me. That should be right after you asked Yosef to bury me in Israel. Don't put Menashe and Ephraim in the middle. No. Menashe and Ephraim has to be in the middle of all this. Why? Because Yosef is thinking, you want me to bury you in Israel, in Israel, in Israel. How come you didn't bury my own mother in Israel? And if you're going to tell me, because Hashem says, so Hashem said, but you, you should love my mother so much, you should have done it, you should have done it. Yeah, plead with Hashem. He says, no, I love your mother. I love your mother so much that I'm willing to make your children like my children. Even She's from Rachel. Your grand, my grandchildren like my children. Oh, then Yosef says, I understand. And you know what? Yaakov was so right. You know how I know Yaakov was so right? Because you look in the Psukim later on. Paro did not want Yosef to leave Egypt to bury his father. You know that? You know that? After that, the Psukim specifies. By the way, Paro did not want Yosef to go out of Egypt. The Psukim say it. The Psukim say it. When he dies, he says, where are you going? I'm going to bury my father. I'm bury your father. The Psukim said, no, he didn't want him to. Why didn't he want me to? Why didn't he want him to? 
Huh? But you know when Paro agreed to let Yosef go? You know when? I'll tell you when. Listen to this. It's an amazing thing, by the way. It's an amazing thing. Yosef says, Avi, my father, he's talking to Paro. Avi Hishbi'ani, my father made me swear. He made me swear. You know what he says right after? Paro answers, Vayomet Paro to Yosef, Kvor et avicha, Kasher hishbi'acha, because he made you swear. Rashi says on that, on the spot, if he didn't make you swear, I wouldn't let you go. But because he made you swear, I'll let you go. Because you know why? When Paro was becoming a king, Yosef, not Paro, Yosef was becoming a king. There's a Midra, there's a Gemara that speaks about how when they went back and forth with languages. And Yosef knew one more language than Paro. And that's a disgrace for the king. Paro said, Come here, Yosef. Promise me that you won't tell anyone. Swear to me that you won't tell anyone that you know one more language than me. Yosef swore. So now, Paro is saying, if I don't let Yosef go, after he made the swear, you know what Yosef is going to say? Wait, you want me to break my swear from Yaakov? So then I'll break my swear from you, Paro. Paro got scared. He said, because of that swear that you made your father, go. Yeah. When something's very important to you, you don't mess around. You know what this, you know what this lesson tonight is? When something's so important to you, you don't mess around. You know how important it is to learn Torah? You know how important it is to learn Torah? You can't mess around with it. You know what it says? It says, marry, marry. Listen to what it says. It says, marry a, a, a daughter of a chacham. You know what the reason is? You'll never believe me in a million years what the reason is. What do you think the reason is? What do you think the reason is? Marry, it says even so much, sell everything you have. Imagine, you have, a, you have the daughter of Tamir Hacham. Oh, Hacham, I need to marry your daughter. You're the only Hacham in town, and, 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 and I need to marry your daughter. So he tells, listen, imagine he says, how, many, how much money do you have? How many buildings do you have? I have 10 buildings. All worth a hundred million. So I'll only give you my daughter if you sell all a hundred buildings and give me all the money. I'll let you marry my daughter. And she's the only daughter of Tamir Hakam. You know, you know, you know what the Gemara says? Do it. Gemara says, Yes, says it both. And it says that you should marry the daughter of Tamir and you know what the reason why is? You'll never guess it in a million years. Should I tell you? You ready? I'll tell you. I'll tell you. The reason to bring it down is, it's far-fetched, scary. Far-fetched, scary. It says, because maybe, maybe, the person 
that gets married to this girl, heaven forbid, the guy, has for Shalom, will pass away. And if he passes away, what happens to the children? Who do they go to? To the daughter. But where does the daughter go to? To the father. Who's the father? Chacham. He's going to raise the kids to be good Jewish kids. Now because of this reason, there's a Rav Moshe Feinstein that says, since this is the reason, if you know the family's religious family, and the father knows the Chashivut of Torah, make sure he knows the Chashivut of Torah. Because if he doesn't, heaven forbid, but you say something, it's so far-fetched. It's so far-fetched. Come on, what's the chance of that happening? You're right. It's very far-fetched. But because Torah is so important, we don't want to take a chance. So we have to go all the way out and not take a split chance on that. You hear what's going on over here? He says, what's the chances? Why does the Torah so much beat? Because they want to make sure that your children stay on the derech. It's a life insurance policy. Exactly. But what? You see that when something is so important to you, you know what you do? You go all out. Yaakov, he didn't just tell his son, do a chesed with me. He made him swear on his deathbed that this don't ever mess around with. Why? Because when something's so important, you don't mess around. You make sure it gets done. And whatever you're thinking in your mind to accomplish in your life, everybody has something that they want to accomplish in life. Spiritually, everybody. They want to achieve something. Guess what? Don't ever let it down. Because that, that, that thing, it, it's very well be a siman min hashamayim that Hashem wants it from you. He wants it from you. And don't let it go. You feel it? It could be a siman min hashamayim that I must do that. And you think, that ah, big deal. No, no, it's a big deal. Go with your full force and make sure it gets done. I'll never forget, there was a guy over here that always wanted to help children give them toys for Hanukkah. He never did it. He never did it. But he would always talk to me about it. And I was thinking, I feel bad for him. Because if it was so important for you, you'll make sure it gets done. Deep down, every one of us has deep down something that they want to work on spiritually. And that, that itch is so important that you better make sure whatever you can do, get it done. Get it done. Everybody has something. I know what I have. I know what I have. And it irks me every single day. I have to get it accomplished. I don't want to say what it is, but it's something that I have to accomplish. And I do it every day. Every day, in and out, in and out. I have to make sure it's accomplished. When something's so important to you, You'll go beyond limits. And that's why Yaakov Inu says, Yosef, I know whatever I tell you, I know you'll do. But I want to make sure it's getting done 100%. Swear to me! Even though he's Yaakov is on his deathbed, swear to me! Why? Because something that's so important, you make sure that it gets done. Have a great day. Just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.